Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebley and Toth. So, how's uh, how's dry January going for you? Well, uh, so far so good. Yeah? It's only, uh, you know, it's only week number... What is this? Week number two or three. What does it feel like, though? That's the weird thing. Nancy says, I just feel so different. I feel so much better when I wake up. I feel... You know, uh, uh, my skin's clear. I've everything, everything, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really feel anything <laughs> different. I have noticed on my uh, Apple Watch that my resting heart rate is now down to 59, and before it was like mid 60s. Interesting. That's got to be somehow tied to this. That's interesting. Yeah, my goal is to get it down to 20 beats per minute. <laughs> Resting heart. <laughs> yeah. By the way. <laughs> that of an elephant. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be happy to know that uh, I have managed to keep my resolution not to make any further resolutions than the one that I made when I said I'm not going to make resolutions. I follow all that, sadly. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say you'll be happy to know that you, JG, have increased your drinking to compensate for the fact that Nan and I are, oh, are yeah. in a dry January. Double fisting it like a sailor. There you go. Fist slinging drunk. Well, I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna go first because I'm a little phlegmy today, and that's because I'm on a Heineken freezer cake diet uh, for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> so just just bear with me if you would. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I want to try that diet February first. Okay. I'm gonna jump into that uh, Heineken. What was it? Freezer, freezer cake? cake. Yeah, and freezer cake. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm down. I'm down for that. So hit me with your best story. The coronavirus pandemic and the subsequent lockdowns that took place during that time presented a lot of challenges. It, of course, led to people feeling isolated, and it was way too easy for depression to set in for, for most people, I would think. Certainly it did with me. Yeah, yeah. People looked for new and different ways to socialize. Some people chose pickleball. Some Go people on. did. M mistakenly so. Along with pickleball, this led to the uh, rise <laughs> in popularity of Zoom 
and FaceTime. Sure. And it's also, it's kind of funny to think that even though things have returned to a certain degree of normalcy, Zoom and FaceTime have just kind of become integrate, an integrated part of our lives now, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. You and Nan and Kat and I would often have uh, Zoom cocktail parties <sighs> until, you, until you guys stopped drinking. Yeah. God, I miss those parties. During the holiday season in the year 2020, at the height of that mess, things were pretty bleak, pretty gray. But if it hadn't been for Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or whatever, the holiday season would have been much, much lonelier. And so it was for Jody Thompson. Oh, no. Jody Thompson and her co-workers decided that they were not going to let the lockdowns affect their holiday fun. Good for them. And it was true they, they, they couldn't get together for a Christmas party in person, but they could certainly do a Zoom-based Christmas party. And of course, the Zoom-based Christmas party, like uh, an in-person Christmas party, you've got to have some sort of a gift exchange. Of course. Have you ever been to a Yankee swap? Do you know what no, that is? No, I don't even know what that is. Okay, I was wondering if it was kind of a regional thing. Um, is, it a, is it a Red Sox thing? Well, no, it's not, but it's uh, <laughs> it's certainly popular uh, in New England, where, where I come from. And I hate it. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the Yankee swap, let me let me explain what that is. Yeah, what is it? There are various ways to do it, but this is the most common way I'm familiar with and the one that I hate the most. Um, you get a group of people together. Everybody brings a wrapped gift. One person will start by opening a gift and then that gift is theirs. And then the second person opens a gift. And if they don't like that gift, they can take the gift from the first guy and give him, yeah. you know, and I hate stuff like that. Ah, it's awful. In other words, we're celebrating the holiday season spirit by selfishly stealing the better gift for ourselves. Right. And it goes on and on and on until everybody gets to open a gift and or steal one. Yeah. Well, Jody and her colleagues decided that that would be difficult to do since this was Zoom-based holiday gathering. So the idea was presented to do a trivia quiz instead and prizes would be awarded and people could donate the gifts that were to become the prizes. Okay. These prizes, when won, would be sent out to the winning contestant after the festivities were done. So, they all get together, they've got the gifts, and the trivia competition begins. And it was lively and heated, and everybody was laughing and having fun and drinking, and it was merriment for all. And prizes were being won. And Jody was not excluded. She won a prize as well. Good for Jody. Yeah, it was a candle. Okay. Inevitably, somebody's going to give a candle at a Christmas party. You know, sure. it, it, oftentimes it's a candle that was given them the year before. Right. But this candle was a little bit unusual. This candle was designed by Gwyneth Paltrow. What? The Academy Award winning actress and founder of the lifestyle company Goop. Goop was founded in 2008 by Paltrow and has grown into a $250 million brand. And it sells everything from perfume to clothing to scented candles, including the one that Jody won. Now, you begin to notice that this candle is unusual as soon as you start to read the label. Gwyneth Paltrow was at least at one point selling candles titled, quote, This smells like my vagina. <laughs> That's right. A $75 vagina scented candle and not just any vagina. Gwyneth Paltrow's. So... You can well imagine the wide-eyed wonderment and unbridled holiday joy that Jody must have felt <laughs> learning about her winnings. I'm sure she sat in her small apartment in North London with her boyfriend and two cats looking out the window, her nose 
pressed against the glass as she anxiously fogs it up while waiting for the postman to arrive with her $75 vagina-scented candle. (laughs) And good for her, she didn't have to wait long. Within a few days, her prize arrived. She excitedly tore the wrapping off her package and with trembling fingers reached inside. She slowly withdrew the candle and sat it down on a coaster. Okay. She read the instructions because... Oh, there were instructions. This was, after all, not just any candle lens. No, no. I, I guess it's not as simple as just pull out a match and no, no. As much have at it. it. First yeah, thing yeah. she had to do was trim the wick. So once she, when she was done trimming her wick, she lit the candle and let the inviting smell of Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina waft through her studio apartment. Now. I imagine it's really hard to confirm that the candle's aroma was true to the source. There's no side-by-side comparison. And I was just going to say that yeah. you're, you're entirely, you're entirely going on, going on, on faith here. And so one is forced to accept Gwyneth Paltrow's word on this. Sure, but assuming that Gwyneth's word can be relied upon, and I would certainly hope that it could. She always seemed trustworthy. She is a world-famous movie star. Jody's apartment began to smell like the vagina of an Oscar-winning actress. Um, The candle burned for a short while, and then without warning, the vagina candle burst into flames and engulfed her living room. No! Gwyneth! Jody said, quote, (laughs) I've never seen anything like the candle exploding and emitting a huge flame, and bits of it were flying everywhere. The whole thing was ablaze, and it was much too hot to touch. There was an inferno in the room. Eventually, we got it under control. She said that uh, she had to throw Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle out the front door. (laughs) Now, understandably, the story made headlines. And Gwyneth Paltrow's company, Goop, heard about it. And uh, they were asked for a comment. And they said they could not verify the product's authenticity. I guess because it hadn't been purchased from an authorized Gwyneth Paltrow vagina-scented candle dealer. Right. But... I imagine the idea that Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle exploding into bits and setting a North London flat on fire wasn't appealing to their public relations department. No, the the optics of that are not good. The good news is Jody and her boyfriend and their two cats were not harmed in the blast. The bad news is it did cause some damage and they had trouble getting the smell of Gwyneth Paltrow's (laughs) vagina out of their drapes. (laughs) You said drapes. But Jody says no hard feelings. Quote, it could have burned the whole place down. It was scary at the time, but funny looking back that Gwyneth's vagina candle exploded in my living room. (sighs) Well, I guess this marks the end of the Shallow End podcast series. We thank you for listening to the previous 33 episodes. My source information was all things interesting. Gwyneth Paltrow. How we love you. (laughs) I'm not even going to talk about the fact that her company's name is Goop. You're in the shallow end with Schnapply and Toth. You like your breakfast to be pretty simple, usually a bagel or some fruit, something easy. But come the weekend, you want something different, something that'll stick with you throughout the day. Introducing Quarry Breakfast Cereal, the only cereal with healthy amounts of rock, sand, and minerals. Other cereals can be loaded with sugar and artificial additives, but new Quarry is different. No funny colors or cartoon characters here. It's the only cereal made from nature's most basic ingredients, 
rocks that are just the right size, sand to act as a filler, and real minerals for added nutrition. And because it's made of rocks, Quarry never expires or tastes stale. New Quarry Breakfast Cereal. Quarry should not be consumed by people who cannot digest any amount of rock or sand. Quarry may cause severe intestinal pain or blockage. See your doctor if you suffer abdominal pain from eating rocks. Start your day right with new Quarry Cereal. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps you're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history? If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now? The history podcast that's not your history class part of the Area of Media Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir de zen, my friends. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you. The email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. This one uh, comes to us from a woman named Michelle, and I love this subject line. She says, sorry, I don't have a cool title for this. It involves alcohol and fire. (laughs) (laughs) Dangerous combination. (laughs) Dear Lifeguard, I've been a box listener for a while. I used to look forward to Monday and Thursday evenings because I could listen to box on my way home from work. Now I've happily added Wednesdays, too. I love the stories, love the banter, to be very honest. It's been a rough year, and it's so wonderful to suddenly be laughing uncontrollably and at the point of tears while still driving carefully as much as possible. Thank you so much. Here's one for you. It's a shallow and adjacent story. I have a group of friends who are long-distance cross-country skiers. They ski for multiple days with trekking packs, a large floorless tent that sleeps ten or so, packed in like sardines, 
and a packable wood-burning stove to heat the tent at night. These people are serious, and hardcore people, in my experience, do everything hardcore. This particular guy, I'll call him Tom, is known by his friends as what translates directly as, quote, a human accident, close quote, <laughs> but is closer in meaning to what I would call a walking disaster. Ah. I haven't yet heard a story about him that didn't involve both alcohol and fire. This sounds great. I don't think he's totally at fault for what happened in this specific story. I was a few beers into the evening sitting in front of a campfire when the story was being told, so I can't remember whose idea it was to store the group's water, tonic water, and vodka separately in unmarked but identical <laughs> five-liter plastic bottles. Uh-huh. Anyway, Tom wasn't the first to face repercussions of this decision. On the morning after their first night in camp, one of the women in the group went to freshen up by splashing a little water on her face and wound up under a layer of tonic water. But this still didn't encourage anyone to mark those three containers. <laughs> that evening, Tom and another guy were cooking pasta on a gas camp stove. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, no. One of them had already unknowingly filled the pasta pot with not water and not tonic water. As the liquid began to heat, Tom realized something was wrong. <laughs> for these campers, there's a rule about cookware. You have one specific pot for boiling water and you don't mix. So Tom grabbed the water pot and put it on the lit stove. Ooh. At the same time, he quickly removed the other pot with the liquid in it, and with some flourish and a little too much confidence, dumped it into the pot on the stove. The only word I can think of is whoosh. The resulting wall of flame shot up and out over everything. For a few minutes, Everything was on fire. The ground, the tent, the clothes. Luckily, it didn't last. They were able to get everything under control, and the only real victim was a backpack. I don't know if Tom had had a drink before he started cooking, but I'm sure he needed one afterward. Thank you again for the stories and the needed distraction from complicated life. Life, I hope you guys are having wonderful holidays. Love, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. That's a great story, and we're glad no one was hurt except the backpack. Brian sent us an email, and uh, it says, uh, long-time listener, first-time writer, loving everything you guys do, but, um, oh, there's no but this time. That's nice. <laughs> you all make me smile in the toughest of times. Uh, also, I forgot what box episode it was, but you were talking about the Lincoln assassination and mentioned, mentioned Mary Surratt. That was the uh, woman who was hanged for her Right, involved Part in the conspiracy to assassinate the president. Yeah. When I was young, I learned that we were related. His last name is Sarai. Oh. And if I remember correctly, the first woman thing by the government. It helps that my sister looks stunningly like her. And if I shave my facial hair the same, I look like her son, John Jr. We keep the same stash, though. LOL. <laughs> Sorry if I broke the system writing into both podcasts. Much love, whole crew, Brian. That's incredible. And... Um, a couple of our founding freaks from the Box of Oddities, Rick and Steve, yeah. they live not in the Mary Surratt house. It's kind of a museum now, but they live like right next door to it. So wow. that's kind of cool. That's cool. Have you ever been to, uh, I don't remember if you guys talked about this on that, bo I remember that box episode very well. Have you and Kat ever been to a Ford's Theater? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on our honeymoon. <laughs> well, of course. What better way to celebrate new matrimony than going to see the assassination spot of one of America's favorite presidents? Exactly. Yeah, that's what, what we did. I was, uh, I was just, it, it was surreal to me mm. to stand there 
and uh, you know look at that at that theater box then go downstairs and look at the the chair in which he was sitting and the the cape that he was wearing yeah it's crazy isn't it and then you walk across the street to the house where he ultimately died and he's he's like this mythological creature yeah. but when you see these things it makes him so much more real yeah yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it but it was it was so surreal to me to to actually stand on that spot mm. uh and i did a i got to tour um the west wing of the white house on that same trip and to look at even standing on the other side of a velvet rope in the hallway to look inside the oval office mm. and how incredibly small it is really i thought this can't be <laughs> no the oval office is huge this wow. can't be the Oval Office. Where's the real Oval Office? Just the moments like that where you're actually looking at something of, of history, uh, going going to the National Archives and seeing the actual, you know, the, the, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and think this is this is the actual yeah. parchment. I just couldn't couldn't wrap my head around it. It just really makes it uh, all so much more real when you, yeah. when you see and witness those things. Yeah. You mentioned the uh, Oval Office seemed so much smaller. Um, I felt that way when I went to the Tonight Show taping. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I had that exact same experience. Yeah. It, you looked at it and you thought, what? What? Are you How kidding me? How can this me? be so small? It can't be. Yeah. Anyway, you got a story for me? I do have a story for you. I was just going to ask who was hosting when you actually saw that Tonight Show set. Sadly, Jay Leno. It was before oh. Carson retired. Okay. But, but he was off that week and Leno was filling in. Gotcha. I got to see Johnny Carson hosting, Ed McMahon as announce, Doc Severinsen as band leader, and wow. Tommy Newsom. It was like the four of them. And uh, Ed McMahon made some joke about how there must be some scheduling conflict because the four of them were never supposed to be in the studio at the same time. And it got a huge laugh. And Wow. Anyway. That's, that's history, too. It is. My story is about sleep, JG, or actually a lack of sleep. You and okay. I have talked about the effects of sleep deprivation and how it can really uh, mess with your heads. And there are jobs, of course, where... Sleep deprivation can actually be dangerous because if you if you don't have your faculties, uh, you know, you got you got jobs where things really hang in the balance. Obvious things like air traffic controller. Yeah. Factory worker. You're dealing with, you know, machines that can kill you. Open heart surgeon. Open heart surgery. Nurse. Any anyone in the medical profession. You know, you're working 12 hour shifts. Police officers. Airline pilots. New parent I saw in this article was one of the most <laughs> sleep challenging professions around the world. Everyone agrees that uh, being a new parent just just sucks. <laughs> Truck driver, you know, long haul trucker, things like that. But there are other occupations where you might not think about the risks of sleep deprivation. And this brings us to a gentleman named Raymond Pearson. And Raymond and his family live in Canton, Ohio. I've never been to Canton, Ohio, but I know that's where the uh, Football Hall of Fame is. Right. And I would love someday to uh, to go to that. Have you ever been to the to the Hall no. of Fame? No, never been to the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. In either. Cooperstown, me neither. So this this 
story takes place uh, in the summer of uh, 2022. Raymond Pearson is in his driveway. It's it's early September, so it's still considered, uh, you know, late, late summer. It's 3.45 in the morning, and Raymond is sitting in his car getting ready to back out of his driveway and head to work, and he sees a guy walking past him on the sidewalk with no shirt, just pants, barefoot. And he's walking toward Raymond, and this guy sees Raymond in the in the cab of his of his uh, car, and Raymond waits until this guy has walked past his house and continues down the street. So he's out of sight. Raymond thinks, okay, I'm going to go to work. Well, come to find that it wasn't until a few hours later that Raymond's wife, Stacy Stedman, gets up to wake her teenage son for school. Now, what she doesn't realize is that shirtless guy <laughs> has broken into the family home while everyone was asleep. What's more horrifying than finding a stranger in your house? I don't know. Without a shirt on. Without a shirt on. I don't know. Even when I hear at two in the morning, our refrigerator has an ice machine that very loudly drops, oh, yeah. you know, a bucket of ice cubes. And I will often wake up and think there's somebody in the kitchen. <laughs> and of course, it's just ice. But because this guy, shirtless guy, was so quiet, nobody in the house heard him. So Raymond Pearson's wife... Stacy gets up to wake her son to get ready for school. And she notices that a light is on in the guest room. And she thinks, oh, that's that's weird. There's there's nobody in the guest room. So she thinks something's something's wrong here and comes to find that this shirtless intruder <laughs> has made himself at home. Now, not only has he. <laughs> has I thought he, you were going to say a sandwich. Well, no, it gets better than a sandwich, my friend. Oh? First off, it appears that he was indeed hungry, because as we all know, breaking and entering can whip up an appetite. Oh, indeed. The Pearsons on that night before had made a full-on chicken dinner, and they weren't able to finish it. They put some of it in a Tupperware container in the refrigerator. So shirtless guy decides... Oh, this is this is too good to leave it alone. So he pulls everything out of the refrigerator, sits himself down at the kitchen table, opens up that Tupperware and has himself a lovely leftover chicken dinner. But he's not done because now he's full. It's a little warm outside. And he looks out in the backyard and he sees that they have a pool in the backyard. And he thinks, well, I'd really like to take a dip in the pool after that <laughs> lovely chicken dinner I just had. So he slips out the back door and takes himself a nice swim in the moonlight, probably, you know, gazing up at the stars thinking life's pretty good. I got a nice chicken dinner. I got a pool all to myself. But we all know that eating can cause one to get sleepy. And of course, a swim can take the energy out of you, too. And it is summertime. It's kind of warm. So shirtless guy decides... I think a nap is in order. <laughs> and fortunately for him, the Pearsons had a guest bedroom. Oh, well, that's thoughtful. But he's not quite ready to lay down and take a nap. He decides he needs to use the bathroom. But before he uses the bathroom, he lights a candle in it. So well, that's after, thoughtful he's, too. after he's broken into the house, eaten the chicken dinner, taken a swim in their pool... Decides he's going to take a nap. 
he decides to light a candle in their guest bathroom. And then he decides he's going to lay down and cop some Z's. All while this family is asleep inside. So about 6 a.m., so this is like two hours and 15 minutes after uh, Stacy's husband had has seen shirtless guy walking down the street. <laughs> she gets up. Stacy gets up to go wake her son to get ready for school. She notices the light is on. She peeks into the room. She sees shirtless guy sacked out in the bedroom, and she runs down the hall to wake her brother-in-law and screams, there's a half-naked man laying on the guest bed. (laughs) All covered with chicken grease. (laughs) Chicken grease and pool water. So brother-in-law gets up shakes the guy, you know, get the hell out of the house, chases him out of the house. And in the meantime, shirtless guy has has stolen a pair of boxers that belonged to the family's son, <laughs> oh. the one that mom had wanted to wake up to, to get ready for school. Now, as shirtless guy in boxers is running past the front porch, he actually stops and asks Stacy, the mom, you want me to pop the screen back into the front porch window? <laughs> and she just stares at him. She says later to police, he acted like he wasn't doing anything wrong. <laughs> police catch up with him down the street. This is before she even called to report it. They they had they had gotten another call from a neighbor. So they show up. They determine, surprise, surprise, the guy may be under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. They take him to a local hospital to be evaluated. He was a 33-year-old guy from East Rochester, East Rochester and he got charged with uh, aggravated drug possession. Uh, he was facing, actually, a charge, an earlier charge from a few months before. Oh, wow of aggravated drug possession but he was busted for you know breaking and entering and theft and nobody heard the break-in apparently because the woman stacy sleeps with an air conditioner running her son is a solid sleeper and brother-in-law who ended up chasing the guy out of the house always sleeps with a tv on so after the guy's gone stacy notices the sliding door to the deck was still open then she finds this guy's soaking wet pants by the backyard swimming pool. <laughs> then she discovers the chicken dinner had been eaten. It was still in Tupperware on the on the kitchen table. Then she found a wet towel on the guest room floor. Then she sees the lit candle in the bathroom. Wow. Her husband also found mail in their living room that had been addressed to a neighbor who lives 10 houses farther west. Fortunately, nobody hurt, but... Lock up your chicken dinner, people. That's yeah. all I'm. That's you all I'm saying. Swimming in my pool—that's one thing. But keep your mitts off my chicken keep dinner. Keep your mitts off my pollo, my friend. I pulled this from WebMD, the Canton and the New York Post.com. Sleep deprivation, man. That'll oh, mess you. you up. Yeah, for sure. Just glad nobody was hurt. So many of those stories you hear: people break into the house and then they decide to take a nap. This is not uncommon. I don't understand the thinking. I don't either. And I guess maybe it shows the the comfort with which some of these people enter other people's homes. Remember the very first story? One of the very first stories I did was about the guy who broke into the guy's house and then decided to check his Facebook page. Facebook and left it And left it open. (laughs) God, some people. It's incredible. Anyway. Thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. As always, we uh, we love hearing from you. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We encourage your emails, your compliments, your story suggestions. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. This is episode 34, and I am 
so grateful to you guys for your kind words and the the increase in subscriptions, the number of people who write us and say, you're the highlight of my commute to work between you guys and Box of Oddities and telling their friends, telling their families about it. It really, it really does mean an, an awful lot. And we yeah, are it does. It does. forever grateful as the sound of a garbage truck rolls by. Just to add some extra ambiance to the recording. Hey, we're just keeping it real, people. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Remember to make good choices. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask. Just trust us. Okay, gotta go. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Hello everyone, it's Takuya here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.